Well, anyway, talking about thoughts, God's thought, right? And, and uh, so when we think about that, it makes my mind go back to, again, when we were meeting at Royal Pizza in Keene. When we talked about, and when God had, 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 you know, had me going over uh, the nature, character, and essence of God. When did God begin? You know, you sometimes you see these questions on Facebook and all that, you know. Uh, when, you know when did God begin? Did someone create him? All this other nonsense, you know. And, and, and some, I don't mean the question so much. I just mean sometimes the answers are kind of strange, you know. But um, when we talked about, uh, you know, uh, again, it, God's always been. So we have to start with that, right? Because he is eternal life, right? <laughs> so he, the nature, so if, we, if, if, if God's going to, if he's going to reveal himself, he reveals himself as he who is eternity. That's why we have eternal life when we receive Christ, 1 John 5, 11. He inhabits eternity in Isaiah 57 and verse 15. He inhabits it. <laughs> so... That, so uh, the Greek word for eternal, zoe, Z-O-E, is it had no beginning, will have no end. That's eternal life. God had no beginning. He's always been. So with our finite minds, that's why uh, the Bible begins with certain statements. Like if we consider, and some would say, like, what is the oldest verse in the Bible? Well, the oldest verse in the Bible is John 1.1. 1, 1. It's not Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, because before anything was created, you have the Word. And the Word is the expression of the thought of God. It's the full expression in this exchange in John 1, verse 1. The same in the beginning, really, what she's saying is, in the beginning, in eternity past. How else can we kind of grasp that, you know, with our finite minds, you know? Not that God is patient with us. No wonder love is patient in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. But when we think about that, it just begins with a statement. God states facts, and those facts are the certainty of who he is. That's John 1, 1. And then you have, again, a statement of fact, statement of fact in Genesis 1, 1. Then in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, so God never had a beginning. Okay, so, but if I, if I don't understand certain teachings, I'm going to think that, see, in the beginning. See, he did. No, it's not what it says at all. That's a translation. And, and that's why we need the preponderance of all the scriptures. So, God's always been. And the fact that he's always been means that he since he's always been, and he's been before time, <laughs> he's in eternity, right? And he inhabits it. It's just, we have to trust him for that. You know, we, we just do. There's no question about it, right? And of course, the establishment of a relationship with God, okay, has to be based on what? Trust. The weaker has to trust the stronger. It's just as simple as that. And so without God created us, but he created us to have this exchange. Of course, an exchange that he always had was the lamb in Revelation 13, 8, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. And the works were already finished 
Boy, if certain teachings could get that straight, the works were finished from before the foundation of the earth and he was 4-3. What is that supposed to mean? And the whole point there is rest. Right? So, so God's always been, and if he's always been, and, we, and the Bible makes it very clear, then he knows all things. He knows all things, right? 1 John 3.20. If my heart, my heart, which is my mind, my noose, not my cardia, it's my noose, my mind, the two Greek words, cardia for heart and noose for the mind. If my mind condemns me, what? God is greater than my mind. No, no, notice he's greater than my mind, so I have to trust him for the declaration of who he says he is. And then, I, and then when I have to start there, and when I do, then I see, okay, then uh, he's the creator, and the creator's going to describe who he is and so I have to trust him because he's infinite and I'm finite. And when that happens, then I trust him for who he says I am. And then I don't have another thought because he never thought anything about us outside of his son, ever. <laughs> so, and that answers the question of, you know, when it talks about the creative order of God in Psalm the 8th chapter. And then you get the verse four, what is man that you're mindful of him? Well, when did that start? What is man that you're mindful of him? So uh, God has always been. He never had a beginning, right? And so what that means uh, then is God knows all things. So when did he begin, begin to know all things? Well, he's always known all things because <laughs> he didn't begin to be. It's pretty, what do we have to trust him for? We have to trust him for this. And he's everywhere present, you know, again, Job, uh, Jeremiah 23, 24, Proverbs 5, verse 21. I mean, he's everywhere. God is everywhere. <laughs> and again, Isaiah 57, verse 15, he inhabits eternity. Well, he inhabits it because he is. He is. We have to trust him for these things. So what that states very clearly is then we get in and, and, and knowing his nature, character, and essence and trusting him for who he is, then we can get into Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, right? I know the thoughts that I think towards you. What are they? They're thoughts of peace and not evil. Well, Ephesians 2, 14, who is our peace? Okay. Now, that can get confusing with, and, and those that don't understand the preponderance of all the scriptures, and, and even those that do that think that they can study apart from absolute submission to God, and there's certain things that we just, God has not allowed us to figure it out, and we're just to trust him for it. But when we don't, then we have to figure it out, and we put things to God which don't belong there. We actually start to describe him, not based upon his thoughts. Like God would will certain, uh, certain in eternity, regardless of any other human's will, he would, re, he would apportion some to heaven and some to hell, and even the evil that men would do would be part of his will. Some teach that. It's crazy. So Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Well, what does he base his thoughts on? Himself. That's why 1 Corinthians 13, 8, God who is love, and 1 John 4, 8, and 16, love never, what? Fails. 
It doesn't fade. Really, the Greek in that verse is saying it's not like a flower. A flower can be gorgeous and beautiful for a time, but then over, over the process of time, it begins to fade its color and wilt. Well, his, his love is not like that. And that's why in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, when yesterday? Eternity. Today and forever. So everything about God's thoughts about us are based upon himself. And can, does he ever fail? He never fails. He never fails. And so when, it, when we think about that, so God's full thought, his full thought is who? It's his son. It's literally his son, you know. And that's what this exchange, this exchange that we see in John 1 and verse 1. Okay, and we see these thoughts, and because they're one with the Father and the Son, and we see in John 1, verse 1, just the Father and the Son there, but we know through other scriptures in John 14, 26, and John 15, 26, and John 16, verse 7, I think you mentioned it the other day, the Holy Spirit proceeds from both. So, (laughs) but between the Father and the Son, Okay, as he who was going to be the, who was and always was the sacrificial lamb, when did God figure out that he would create humanity? He would create a host of angels, and then there would be this rebellion and this in, in eternity. Then he'd create time, recreate the earth for Adam, and that the human race would fail. So before all of that, it states it clearly. What is man, in Psalm 8, verse 4, what is man that you're mindful of him? Well, when did that start? I mean, before any angels or anything was ever created. It was, and when did he know his son is the lamb? <laughs> Does he know all things? Can we trust God that he knows all things? Well, when did he know all things? <laughs> God, it's... You know, in one sense, God is so huge and so complex, it just makes sense just to trust him. It just does. It just makes perfect sense to trust him. And even even we can't even do that apart from the grace. And who does he give grace to? Those that he's humbled. What does that mean? Stop thinking apart from him. God. And there's where all our trouble is, right? So that brings into James 4, verse 17, to him that knows to do good. Well, how did you know? Well, it was grace. And it was God, love, his eternal love, pouring through grace and, and saying here, here's the means to do it. <laughs> I even do that. And some would say, and I remember, you know, there was this one man that we both know, and you and I, Mike, and we ministered to for years, and I remember we met with him at a certain Starbucks at a certain place called Cleburne. And, and we, were, we, you know, we were discussing things. And even before that, I remember, you know, like he thought like his will could operate properly apart from God. You know, that, that I, I can do this. When the Bible makes it clear, without Jesus, what can we do? In John 15, verse 5, can do it. we can't do anything. So even then, because we were explaining Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you are saved by grace through faith. What is faith? It's my will being, you know, 
receiving something, right? Right? God's hand is grace, 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and faith is just me, and faith is me. I can't do anything, but he didn't take away my will, and I can say, here's my will. Okay. You're saved by grace through faith, even that, not of yourself. But it is a gift of God. And that simply means it's something of who he is. It's his very nature. Yeah. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God and not of works. And that does away with anyone boasting. And then, you know, you, you can see that in, in uh, Jeremiah 9, uh, 23 and 24. There's no boasting at all. God's eliminated that. And, and of course, uh, the cross has done that. God forbids that I should, should glory or boast in, in Galatians 6, verse 14. God forbids that I should glory, right? Because what did the cross do? Well, it crucified the world unto me and I unto the world. So if it crucified me, where's the boasting? <laughs> where's the boasting? See, so it all had to do with his thought. So there's never been a time, how, how do we say it with a little finite minds? There's never been a time that God hasn't been. He's always been. He is eternity. He is eternal life. And because he is, he's known all things for as long as he's been. And simply what that means is then, then, then he's always known me and his son, but it was never apart from my will. Never. Now, did my will save me? Uh, no. Well, I mean, well, I mean, very simply, simply put, uh, John 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me. But I chose you. See, that begins with God's thought, doesn't it? Okay. And God created me in his image in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. In Genesis 5, 1 and 2, he created the male and female. And he created us in, in his image. And his, the image is that we can think. We have a will that we can operate with. And of course, after the fall, the only, the, the only thing that we could do is submit that will. So when it says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, I know, I know the thoughts that I think to. What is God saying? Everything that I know about you is not based upon a thing of your own thought. It has to do with me. So, so what Jeremiah 29, verse 11 is revealing, it is revealing God's foreknowledge. What does that mean? Foreknowledge. Long before I ever got that knowledge, he foreknew it. <laughs> So his foreknowledge. So when it talks about God foreknowing something or predetermining something, what is it based on? So his foreknowledge, everything that he knew about me, everything. And thank God it wasn't based on me, right? Whoo, can you imagine? No. So his foreknowledge is based upon what? His self-knowledge how he knows himself. That's what it's based upon. So his, everything he knew about me didn't have to do with me, it had to do with him, period. And that has to do, and that explains Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, his work is perfect. Uh, uh, 2 Samuel 22, verse 31, and Psalm 18, verse 30, his way is perfect, his plan is perfect. Why? Well, 
perfect simply means, really, when we see that word all through the New Covenant and in the Pauline, so-called Pauline epistles, the epistles of Christ that were given to Paul and to give to us as this church, the word perfect simply means complete. It's teleos and different certain words in the Greek. So it's complete. So that simply means, is God complete in himself? Does he need anything to complete himself? <laughs> no. So do I need anything other than God to be complete? So when I receive Christ, what does that mean? Who am I now before God? Who am I? Christ in me. That's who I am. I'm, I'm in my own individuality. I'm Christ before Him. Oh God, can you imagine preaching that today? Well, I mean, well, if it says in Job thirty-six verse seven, He never removes His eye from the righteous. Who is the source of my righteousness? Oh, First Corinthians one thirty. Huh? But of him of God are we in Christ Jesus, who's made unto us, what? Wisdom, righteousness, uh-oh, sanctification and redemption. And it's according as it's written, he that glories in 131 of 1 Corinthians, let him glory in the Lord. So if he never removes his eye from the righteous, then who does he see me in? And who? So that explains, again, that's explaining Hebrews 2.11, both he that sanctifies and them that are sanctified are all of what? One. One what? One thought. One thought. And that's why he's not ashamed in Hebrews 2.12 to call us brethren. God forbid that we should be shamed in uh, 2 Timothy 1.12, but if there is any shame, it's because we don't have a proper form in 1.13 of 2 Timothy. A proper form. And, you know, before we do things, what do we do? We think certain thoughts. Right? So he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And what are they based on? So his, self, his foreknowledge about me is based upon his self-knowledge. Geez, I don't know. When did God start knowing who he was? <laughs> you know? So it just explains it that way. And again, that's, that's foundational. Right? And so if prophecy has to do with the earth, and it does... Well, then when foundational, what is that? Everything about what we have is way beyond the earth. And that's the thing. There's all our trouble, our worry, you know, like, oh, you know. When you really, truly know eternal life, when you know that once you're in Christ, he, he will never kick you out, John 6, 37 and 39. Once you're in his grasp, in John 10, 28 and 29, I am my father. Uh, one and, and John 10 30 you can't break that bond so everything about our eternity is set is it not so are we like this today huh. now if we have bad teaching we can we can think that way you can lose your salvation based upon uh, certain particular scriptures that are taken out of their context taken it out completely without the whole preponderance of God's full thought about it and then I can get lost and, th and in that sense if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and that can mean salvation or then once saved, bad teaching. But once you understand grace to a degree, and that's what I'm saying, none of us know anything like we ought to know, okay? And for all and forever, even in our completely new creation status, 
in Christ for all eternity, it's still grace. It could never be anything else because God couldn't think about anybody else outside of himself, outside of grace. Because even the unfallen angels, did they deserve to be created if their mind wasn't even active at the time or their will? Furthermore, for any of us, and that's why in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, he's not willing because it has to do with his will. His will has to do with his nature. And that's why he's not willing that any should perish. And that, that's why Christ in Psalm 47 and 8, he had to fulfill the will of the Father in, in Hebrews 10. And you see that verse 5 right through verse 9. And that's why we're complete in 10 and 14 of Hebrews 10. <clears throat> so that's what, that's, that's what those things, you know, this is what it's teaching us. And that's why even in Isaiah 55, 8 through 11, my thoughts, as far as the heavens are above what? The earth. Let's look at it like that. Where does prophecy take place? On the earth. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are my thoughts about you. Now, there's going to be people groups on the earth, finally, you know, during millennial reign. We know that in Revelations 23 and 4. We know that in Job uh, and Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, and Isaiah uh, the 11th chapter in those 16 verses and scores of others, by the way, uh, about millennial reign. And, and we can see that starting in verse in Ezekiel 40, right to verse 40, uh, chapter uh, 45. And in those, yeah, there's going to be that. But as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. God. Wow. So really, how much does God love us? Oh, Ephesians 3.19, to know the love of, of God, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. So, when I, so how do I understand that verse? It simply means because I'm in Christ, I'll never come to the end of just experiencing God. And here we, we're experiencing it. We're those that are in heaven right now. <laughs> They've been, we, we all have been delivered from the power of sin. We all have. That's based upon First uh, John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, see that you sin not. Really, the original saying, listen, you don't have to sin because sin is in the will, isn't it? And when my will isn't submitted, what do I do? It's the only thing I can do if it becomes active is sin in the flesh, right? But once the will submitted, of course, then we function in that love because we submit to God through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see the whole trinity there again. And that's why in John 1 and verse 14, Christ had to come out. He had to put on humanity because he was the full mind of God towards man. That answers Psalm 8 verse 4. What is man that you're mindful of him? Yeah. And that's God's thought. So as far as the heavens are above, and that's why his word, by the time you get to um, Isaiah 55 and, and, and verse 11, yeah, it's, my word is not, will not return void. It's not going to return void. It will accomplish that that I've sent it to. Well, who is the word? And who is the accomplishment of the will? The very, who is the very thought of God and the act of will of God? It's Christ. So, I mean, when you get off, so this is getting this understanding. Again, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Yeah, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. 
Were they ever outside of his son? Could they have been? Well, they never could have been. They never could have been. So isn't that the most safest, most secure? And if it is grace, I didn't earn it. And if it's grace and I received it, I can't lose it. Because whatsoever God does in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 14, he does forever. God, and we're forever in his hand. Yeah. And Christ was the hand of the Father coming, putting on humanity and giving himself to us. <laughs> and that explains 1 John 4.10. Here in his love, not that we loved him. Huh. I mean, when did God start loving us? Did, did God start to develop a plan? That means he must have had a beginning in that thought. <laughs> Just, you imagine, can you imagine preaching this? Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. And like we know it, right? But here in his love, not that, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. The proof is he sent his son as a propitiation for our sins, by the way our sins, right? And now we love in 1 John 4, 19 because he what? For, what? First loved us. And so in my thought life, when I leave love in, in, in Revelations 2, 4, when I leave love, right? You left your first love. What's that mean? <laughs> Jeez. You left your first love. God, that's my whole Christian life. It's not just the time, of course, I received Christ. But you left your first love. And when I do, when I leave that full thought of God, then what? Another authority comes in, and that's another thought. And that's why 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They don't have to do with us. But mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Imaginations is that word. Reasonings in the Greek. Casting down this kind of a thought life. Right? And every high thing, hoopsima, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And if it's the knowledge of God pertaining to me as an individual, does it have to do with his love that passes it in Ephesians 3 and verse 19? And of course it does. So it's a reasoning against the love of God for me because he can't change God's mind. He, won't, he can't do that. He knows that. He knows that real well. But that's why in James 4 and verse 6, right, God resists the proud, that kind of thinking. But, separated, he gives more, my zona, Karen, grace, to the humble, typino, frosuni, or phrysini, some say it, this way, these Greek words. God resists the proud. Who us? Their thought above God himself. I don't know where that came from, right? <laughs> right? So humbly, so, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to those that he's humble. Therefore, because of that, submit yourself, therefore, to God. What are you submitting to? Every time I submit to him, what am I submitting to? Love. God's love for me. God's love for me. And what stops, it, it's still active towards me, isn't it? Does he ever change his mind about you and I? I'm Malachi 3.6, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. 
Again, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so he doesn't change. So who changes? What interferes with that? It's called sin, and sin is what? Is the thought of the flesh under the prince, under the prince and power of the air, Satan. And that's why we still we have this flesh in it in us for now because we need because it's not that we need that but boy I'll tell you until we get into his presence and remember all those that are in heaven right now around his throne so if you wonder what your 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 loved ones are doing right now I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> simply put simply put I just believe based upon Revelations 5, 9 through 12, they're singing around the throne, worshiping him. They are. And I do believe in measure, and I, I don't know. I, I know I, I need to get into it more in, in my thinking, but I do believe that I, I just don't see how otherwise, in that way, they wouldn't be privy or listened to, not being separated from him, him as the bride right now, but with him, that, he, that they don't hear him as he intercedes for us by name. Because in heaven, we will know each other, by the way, but in, in, in a perfect way in Christ. They have, unlike us, they have, we've all been, that's why the church is on the earth and in heaven, by the way, but it's still one, Right? And they have, as we, been delivered from the power of sin, right? That's Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, based upon Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12, uh, 13 and 14. He, he, we've been delivered by that, from the power of sin. They, unlike us, have also been delivered from the presence of sin. We have not yet. But with the presence of sin and not taking out the flesh like some would teach, like one naturism teaches, you know, once you receive Christ, you no longer have flesh. Well, I don't know what you do with the seventh chapter of Romans, but <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. Romans 8, verse 9, I don't know what you do with that. Even in born again, no condemnation to them that are in Christ in Romans 8, verse 1. And then in verse 9, we have the flesh in us, but we're not of it. Because that's, that he, he uses that to teach us. Because otherwise he wouldn't. Because there's needs that we have and there's any need in the flesh that we can meet apart from him. Matter of fact, he has nothing to do with the flesh. And so we haven't been delivered from the presence of sin yet. But boy, we're on our way. Oh boy, we, we certainly are. So to have that, to have the, the full thought of God, to have the full thought, is we have Christ. Christ is, though he's the full thought of God. We have that, right? Has God kept back anything then? In, his, in the full thought of who he is, has he kept back a single thing from us? He hasn't. So are we sitting around, once we know our eternal destiny is set, we kind of just kind of like, oh, okay, that's okay. So we don't have to worry about our eternity, but let's, let's get concerned and worry about things in time. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. 
I trust him for this, the big thing, but not the little one. Because what's still in the way? <laughs> my thought. And is it really my thought? Did God ever create man to ever think on his own apart from God? Did he? Apart from himself? Never did. The only means for that right now for, since the fall is Christ. Is Christ. So, and he, we were taken care of even before millennial reign. Prophecy being fulfilled. Us in the heavens. The church. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? It's pretty amazing. That's why when we come back with him in Revelations 19, 11 to 16, we see him speak the word and it, and then you can see what happens if you read Zechariah, the 14th chapter, start in verse 1, go to verse 12 and 13 and down through. Whew, he ends that battle. But see, we come back with him. <laughs> because as some wouldn't say, you know, the church is, we, the, the church is translated. That's called the rapture, by the way. That thing's being attacked. So to attack the rapture is to attack what? God's thoughts about himself. Okay? That's what that does. One naturism. It's an attack on God's thought. Huh? It's that just, and where does all that come from? Isaiah 14, 7 to 17, you know, 8, 9. To 17, the five eye wills of Satan. The only thing I can function in, in my flesh, even as a believer, apart from a submitted will, is whose will? The five eye wills of Satan. In Isaiah 14, specifically 12 to 15. We see that, but we see God's answer to him in, in Ezekiel 28, 15, right down to the 20s. We see his will. <laughs> answering every single one. And the answer was who? Christ. Who defeated him? How did he defeat him? What did he put on? Did he take on the nature of angels in Hebrews 2, 9 to 18? No, he did not. What did he take on? He used a man to defeat him because he thought he could defeat God by the first man, Adam. But you know what? They didn't know. And even them that crucified him under, the, under Satan, right? Under their hatred. Had they known that by crucifying him, it would end them and bring in, of course, because God doesn't lose anything, by the way. <laughs> you think they would have done it, and that's 1 Corinthians 2, 8. They never would have done it. But the princes, all those that operated under Satan, never, he didn't know. He didn't know. Imagine. And no angel, fallen, unfallen, will ever have intimacy like you and I have with him. Because it was always about a man. God's thought. I don't know. So you're like, how, how much did God love us? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, his son put on humanity. Yeah, he didn't take on a seed of, uh, of he didn't put on his, uh, angels. Right? He didn't put on that nature. Okay? And, you know, and again, in Hebrews 2.16, he, he, he didn't take on the seed of Abraham, right? Because what did Abraham do? In time? Well, you know, he just failed, right? But he took on the seed of Abraham, which was Isaac. 
and how was, was Isaac a creation of Abraham? Have anything to do with his thought? Who would have thought? They thought, what was they thinking? It's too late. The promised child, it's too late. Their thought was it's too late. Is that our thought? It's too late. You know what the enemy was trying to do this morning with me on certain things? Trying to convince me it's too late for certain things. Honest to God. It's really, yeah, that was his thought. Right? But I mean, come on, I mean, a 99-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man past the age of being able to reproduce or have a child, right? What was God's thought? Did it have anything to do with Abraham and Sarah? No. And so when Abraham and Sarah, right? And again, this is really teaching headship too, by the way, when we deal with Abraham and, and Sarah. You know, well, you know, honey, Sarah, you know, like I'm barren, you know, and it's taken all this time. God promised it, but it's taken, it's not going to happen. What, you know, here's Hagar. Get the seed through her. And dad, you know, <laughs> hubby submits to wife, and then what happens? Jeez. Same old thing being reproduced. See, more trouble. I've seen. More trouble in, in my own life, in my own marriage and, and areas, and in the church with the reversal of God's order because it's not his thought. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. Yep, anyway. Those are some thoughts about God's thoughts. <laughs> his nature, you know. And his nature and his character and essence is in control of all his attributes, you know. Just... <laughs> His nature is brought out in Exodus 34 and verse 6, and we can see those things right there. Anyway, so God's full thought has to do with himself. So that does this, does any of this, does that, does this Bible, does any of these scriptures, does any of it make any sense without submitting to him? No. Why? Because God knows, God knows himself better than anyone. And that's why the Bible teaches us. I don't teach this separate. I don't teach it. It's the Bible's taught this and teaches all of us this. That the only, guess what the word theologian means? I mean, come on. Theo, God, logian, word. What's that talking about? Theologian and scholar. Where do we ever get that from? And earning these degrees, you know, and putting on these funny hats and robes and... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Where is that in the Scripture? It's not even in there. The only theologian and scholar is God the Holy Spirit because it takes God to reveal God because only God knows who He is. God. And that's why when we have eternal life, it fits us to be able to experience what we're going to experience, okay, from the time we receive Christ in, in a minimal way, in a feeble, weak way, but for all eternity, because God inhabits eternity. Isn't that interesting? Boy, we have to trust him for so much, right? I don't know. And regardless of what others say, okay, there's only, <laughs> there's only one other human being who ever actually came back from heaven, okay? The little boys didn't, so you didn't take those books and trash them. 
okay? And then those that have seen Jesus, you know, after his resurrection, 1 Peter 1.8, whom having not seen, you love. Makes it clear. Makes it very clear. God's thoughts, those are God's thoughts. Not ours, right? So God needs me to do something, right? To complete his thought, right? Works. Nonsense. Total nonsense. So to think outside of grace is what? To lose the sense of grace is to what? Is to function in what? That that is no sense. Because it's not God's thought. So it becomes nonsense. I'm not thinking with God. And do we have in 1 Corinthians 2.16 the mind of Christ? Because outside of that, in 2 Corinthians 2.16, who's sufficient for these things? Well, 2 Corinthians 3.5, our sufficiency is of God. It's not of the letter, legalism, flesh, works. <laughs> I'm going to try and do something that was already established since God's been. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Anyway, God's thoughts. I tell you, I needed this this morning. To, to Literally, I'm telling you, to smash all the projections that were coming against me this morning. I'll tell you that right now. It's too late for certain things. You're 70. It's too late. It's too late. You fail too much in this. You didn't do this. You don't do that. You don't do anything right. You know. And of course, this all has to do with God's thoughts, right? <laughs> About me and Christ. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. <laughs>